You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. A new sugi today. Um, it's in Babakam, as you can see. So, you know, one of the things that uh, differentiates uh, the system that's in the Torah than other systems is the intense responsibility that that is demanded for someone who hurts another person. Um, there have been, uh, you know, there have been uh, comparisons uh, to Roman law and others that show that really the mo- most compassionate and expansive system that we have is really almost in the Torah of, of the type of damages. Now we people say we live in an over litigious society. It's possible that 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 you know we the, we took our cues from things in the Torah, in terms of how much can be demanded from someone who hurts someone else. We talk about pain and suffering and other things like that, and and these are debated in, in the in the courts. It really stems from the Torah itself. And what I'm really interested in is um, because it's sort of connected to uh, a different shear that I was giving is the medicinal aspect of it. So that's what I want to try to zero in on. So uh, let's take a look at the Mishnah first. The piece of Gemara is, is on Daf Pei Hei. Uh, but in order to understand that piece of Gemara, we just have to look at the reference in the Mishnah. So let's take a look at the Mishnah again. First Mishnah in the eighth parak of Babakama Pei Gimomadez. Achovil bechaveiro, chayiv alav mishum chamishon Okay, so let me check that out. I enjoy, you know, let's, I don't want to use myself. Let's, we're going to use the three students again. So we have Mo who has, who has uh, attacked Larry. Chovel Bechavera. Mo has attacked Larry. Chai of a love Mishum Chamishan. What does that mean? Mo, who attacked him and hurt him, is Chayev, Olav, because of what he did, five things, five possible uh, payments, which are in the, sort of independent of each other. And we know what they are. We, you're familiar with this, of course, Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Sheves, and Boshes. And that is really the topic of this chapter, how to figure these things out. These, these um, again, Babakama deals with... Um, as you know, it starts with the responsibility you have on your animals, which is an interesting way to, to, to start. Again, the always start with, with what they think is something that's going to be interesting. And maybe it happens, according to Rishonim, it happens less, uh, you know, more frequently than human beings getting into fights and damaging each other. But finally, at this stage of the Masechta, we talk about real damages that occur willfully when a mo attacks a Larry, a person attacks somebody else and it hurts somebody. And you have, of course, again, the five aspects, Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Sheves, and Boshes. Now, the part that I want to zero in on, and just because I have my own personal, because um, as you know, I'm giving Shiram about it, is Ripui. And I think Ripley is probably one of the more fascinating things to pay for medical costs. Uh, Nezek and Sar, 
and Shevis. Uh, Boshas is probably the one that is the strangest to figure out. How do you figure out embarrassment? That I think is one of the ones that, uh, and I've done this many times, and maybe you've thought about it as well. But I think that uh, Ripui is interesting the way it has been developed. And that's one of the reasons we're, we're going to go into. Nezek and Sar. I mentioned this, as you remember, on Sunday night. I know it sounds very cruel. But Nezek and Sar, uh, how that is uh, determined. Uh, pain and how much are you less than you were before? That's what nezek basically means. Nezek means look at the thing before and now that you've been after it, what is its worth? It's very easy to figure out nezek when it comes to um, an object, your car. Um, uh, you know, I, I pulled out of the parking space and what's your car worth now <laughs> that I banged it and before it was worth up so much, how much is it worth now? That's basically what Nezek is. Now, normally if that does occur in the parking lot, they're usually gonna have to pay more than Nezek. Usually they're gonna get you for the, the complete repair cost. And that is not the way Nezek really works if it would go to a Dintora. Go to a Dintora, the Dionum would say, okay, what was the car worth before this dent? What's it worth now? That's what you need to do. Again, and, 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 and legally today, that's probably not, will never happen. You're going to have to pay the repair bills or whatever it is, the body shop bill of getting it back, uh, which is not the same price. But how so can you get? I apologize. I have a question then. And if somebody damages someone's car then, but doesn't realize it and, you know, goes away, like basically a hit and run without realizing that they did it you know, a scratch, whatever, mm. it, from, are, are we, bidet, you know, Shemayim, so to speak, are we, are we going according to, I mean, are we going according to the Torah's v- version of that okay. didn't change the amount, or is it really, and we owe X amount of hundreds of dollars to do the whole side, or whatever, and we don't know about, like, how do we, okay. from a, from an aspect of, let's say you didn't know about it, but someone then calls you up, by the way, you scratched my car, you owe me, you know. So the question is if, how much damage is from a halachic stand is actually done then? Okay. All right. So you start off with a person who like doesn't realize it. Let's say you don't realize it and, and you won't realize it. Is there a mark against you that you hurt somebody? Um, yeah, this could be a question anytime. We don't realize the damage that we incur. Uh, often people don't realize it. Um, is, so if there would be a mark in Shamayim, it would only be to, you know, you know, for what you, how you, how much the car is worth less. That's what you would, that would be the, the ledger against you. Now, then you asked another question about Dina de Malchusa. Um, let's say, you know, could you claim, hey, I'm only going to pay you what a Bezdin, uh, or if it was taken to Bezdin, would Bezdin have to submit? So I don't believe, I've been in cases this way, by the way, I've been in, uh, cases, uh, in the, in a Bezdin where the, it was actually a Ben Taira, it was a, it was a Kaila guy who was suing, um, who was suing these movers, who was suing these movers or workers 
who had damaged the floor when they brought in some new uh, appliances. And they felt that they had done such damage to the floor. Now the floor wasn't able to be, they couldn't even match it. They had ruined when they took out the old refrigerator, whatever it was, they ended up uh, ruining some of the, uh, the, the linoleum. And now that linoleum couldn't be matched. They couldn't find any more of that. And they had to redo all the linoleum in the house or in, the, in, that, in, that, in that room. And this Kegel guy wanted to sue the mover for negligence, for not moving it properly, and for the cost of, the, uh, of retiling the whole room. Okay, so we ruled against him in that case. And we felt that, yes, there was damages, but not necessarily the restorative damages, the, the way he felt he needed, the, the, what he had to be charged for that. Dinah Mahusa didn't play a role there. Um, I'm not sure if he could have invoked Dinah Mahusa. Uh, the fact that that was precedent in, 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 in tort law um, doesn't mean that it affects us. Dinah Mahusa would be um, like you heard, um, remember the shear, the hesped that was given a couple of days ago that's on our podcast site, the hesped on Rav Zalman Chemia, like buying a slave, remember? So, halachically, could you do this if this is against the law? If this is against Dinah Mahusa, could you be part of it? Here, if Dinah Mahusa doesn't mean that you must settle in such a way, Dinah Mahusa means that. In, in most courts, this is what is done, and this is accepted as legal precedent. Part of what happens when we go to a Besden today, even in the United States, is that it's called a court of, it's a, it's a recognized court of arbitration. That's court of arbitration, really, it's within the party's rights to submit to any sort of settlement, even if the settlement does not align to what's considered standard practice tort law that you would get in, 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 a, in a regular small claims court. So uh, I, have I answered your question on this? All right, I'm not sure if I answered it, but I think I did, right? <laughs> okay, so let's see. So let me, let me make sure that I'm, that you can hear me as you can. Okay, so let's move on. So that's Nezik. Now Tsar is a very interesting one. Uh, and how we determine SAR. It's, it's not as subjective, I believe, as Boshes, which I think is really a difficult one to, to pin down. But Nezik, we're going to find that there is a way. And that's even by a person, because people have value. And that value is, um, uh, as Rashi says, let's look at Rashi. Well, actually, the Gemara, the Mishnah is going to say, so we're going to look at the Mishnah in a second, how Nezek works. And then, and then there's Sheves, which is, of course, um, compensation for a lack of work. The problem with Sheves, when you think about it, is that, well, is it is included in Nezek? Isn't Nezek about my body is not worth what it used to be in order to do work? It's not it's not just an objective thing about what a human is worth. It's what a human is worth, as we're going to see in a minute, in in, in this society. So, let's start with Nezek, and let's go on with the mission and see. The Nezek Ketzah. 
how does it work? How does it work in terms of what is the court supposed to do in determining um, an amount that Mo needs to pay Larry? So, whether Sima Esaino, Mo might have blinded Larry. Kita S. Yodo, he might have, in a way, cut his hand off. None of that happens in the Three Stooges, but Sima Esaino almost happens, right? There's a lot of poking in the eye. Um, breaking off a hand, that would really be, and people say Three Stooges are very violent, but imagine this, Shiber S. Raglo. And in those days, by the way, a broken leg usually did not mend. You know, once your leg was broken, you know, you almost were, you know, you were, you know, you were limping the rest of your life um, in those days. So we have a person who's blind, doesn't have a hand, and basically has a leg that's not really working the way it should. Okay. Rowan Oso, Ki'ilu Hoya, Ki'ilu Hu Eved, Nimkar Bishuk. Let's look at him as if he would be a slave, even though he's not. Vishomin. And we get, you know, what we do? We get a professional slave uh, estimated. Kama hoya yafa, kama hu yafa. Now, you're going to need to speculate a little bit about what the guy was worth beforehand. If he had never been submitted to a physical before, we didn't know his muscle size or we didn't see his teeth before. It's going to be hard to know. But, you know, you're going to have to trust what he was before. You're going to have to maybe get evidence about people who saw him at the gym, you know, or something like that. People who realized what his musculature was and what his strength was. People who remembered his capacity to, to, to lift and other things like that. And now we're looking at him now when we bring in the doctors or the the the... the the trainers to look at him now, the kama hu yafa. And then the difference is what is paid. Rashi explains, you know, you listen to this. And again, I mentioned this the other night. It does sound very brutal. And, and especially to our ears that we are, we, you know, we, we, we were, we find slavery abhorrent. But let's see Rashi. Share his ego. That's what damage is. That's what it is that he, that he has been the loss. Now you say, what do you mean? I don't have an eye. This is the loss. How much? Yeah. You know what? You know how we figure out how much an eye is worth? Beforehand, if you really needed money and all you had was the body that you were graced with, the body that God gave you, the body that you have built into condition, whatever it is, that body translates into value immediately. That body translates into the value of what the slave market will pay for you. So that is the hefzah. Now, what's tied into that, of course, is I can't work now. I, you know, my job before was to be a diamond cutter, and I don't have I don't have my eyesight anymore. So that's going to be included in Sheves. So that's, but that is, but that's not Nezik. That is, um, that is going, that is called, uh, that is called Sheves. Okay. So 
All right. Tsar, let's take a look. Kavao. Now, you know what a kviya is, right? You know that from Parshas Mishpatim, right? Kviya tachas kviya is 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 a is, is a boil or a burn that occurs. All right. So let's say you burn a guy. Okay. How do you burn him? Bishvud. You take a uh, not really a poker. It's more a spit. Just like the word shvud. Sounds like the word spit. It's what you would you know like you you would you would roast a piece of meat on. And you would turn it, right? That's the shvud. But it's now hot. And you now attack the other person with it. And burn him. Oba masmer. A lot of tetanus issues there. Right? So Rashi says, yeah, that's going to hurt. Because it's metal. It's metal that's hot. It's metal that causes that wound. The hot metal specifically. A lot of pain. Now, v'yafilu al si porno mokum she'eno osa chabura. Now, um, even if it's on his nail, that's what a siporin is, where you don't see an open wound, but it's painful, but you don't see a chabura, you don't see an opening, you don't see, right? Now, so, okay, the guy's in a lot of pain. You pained him. Owned him. Kama adam ki yotzi bezeh rotzeh litol liyot mitzar bekach. Let's think about what this means. How you figure out how much a person ki yotzi bezeh, a person um, like, right? Who is this person? Someone like him. What do you mean someone like him? So Rashi says, In other words, what sort of, there are people that are tough guys. You know who's tough? Guy who had a hard scrabble uh, youth. He was raised in the streets. He knows how to, he's a tough guy. He's used to getting battered around. He don't, he, he doesn't, he's not a person who's, who, who takes pain and, and it, it's, it's so shattering to him. He's able to take the pain. Yeah, he feels it, but you know what? He, he can take the pain. But there are people who aren't that way. There are people who have been babied and pampered. You get used to being treated in a certain way. Pain bothers you much more. So then, it's sort of a mental thing, but it's, it's probably physical as well. I'm sure the brain is not used to this. You're not hardened in this way. And therefore, you feel more pain. So you have someone like him. Okay, he, you don't use him because he's... So let's say Larry is... Because Larry's used to pain. But you have a Larry. And you get someone who's sort of similar to Larry in terms of his pain threshold and how he reacts to pain. And we say, look, how much would you pay to have this pain inflicted to you? How much would you pay? Look, in other words, Leos Mitzayar Kach. 
That is a very weird way you think about it to to pay to get to, to figure out the payment, right? Sheila, you still with us? You driving? Okay. Not sure. Ah, uh, yeah, just driving. You're in the car now. You're with you're with David. It's okay. But this is a this is. Hi, a, yeah, here he is. Hi, how are you? All right, you're so part of the sheer, you're part of the sheer now in Dublin. You're part of the sheer. This is, you know, if it wouldn't be for your Rebbitson, I don't know if we would have a year most of the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm expecting more. We're going to have the students from the yeshiva with us. So tomorrow I'm expecting a little bit, uh, a, a, a bigger, um, a bigger amount of students. Okay. Of course. So I hope we'll get more people. But think about it. We're, we're trying to figure out what is the pain how do we pay you for the pain you incurred? How, you incurred. So we find someone like you, and we ask them. Can I ask you a weird question? How much would you pay? How much would you want to be paid in order to get this pain? And whatever that is, that's the amount we're going to give this other guy. Do you, does it sound logical to you? What do you think? You don't yes. have to, it, it does? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't sound logical, but I mean, how else would you find how much to pay? Right. Um, so, Sheila, you're saying like this. The fact that it's a given that you have to pay people for pain, this is the best method. It's inexact, but this is the best method of figuring it out. You can't ask the guy himself. You can't ask Larry. Larry, how bad did that feel? Larry, how much pain did you have? Right? We, we need to get a, a subjective person. And we have to sort of figure out what's considered payment for pain. Um, it's one of the strangest, you know, when you worked in a dentist office, right, Sheila? How, how, what's your pain level? And it's, it's the most inexact uh, ability, right? How, how bad are you feeling? So is it a one? Is it a two? Right? That's what they usually say. In between one and five. In between one and ten. Like, that's what they usually say. In between one and ten, how bad is the pain? I'm sure you've heard that. Which really goes to show you, it's, it's, it, 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 it's this, the synapses in your brain that's, that's causing this to happen. Uh, it, it's so hard to, to detect or to measure what it's about. So how are we supposed to figure out that you're going to get a pain, an amount of pain uh, given back to you? Um, but that is what Chazal came up with. Um, they can't ask you, but they can figure out what every, a, a guy like you, how much would it cost you? How much would you pay? How much, how much would you want to get paid for to experience this pain? And therefore, you're going to now, since you experienced it, you didn't want to experience it, I'm going to pay you. I didn't want, I know you didn't want this experience, but someone just like you would have asked this much money in order to be paying the way we pained you. I, one of the, so you, that's the logic. Okay, I, Larry had this pain inflicted on him by Mo, which he didn't want. How much does Mo owe Larry? That's the amount people 
would expect to be given in order to be in order to submit to pain. He didn't want to submit to it, and therefore it happened. One of the problems with this, although it might make sense in some way, another problem is, let's say we have our third party, our our, our party who's not part of the deal, right? Uh, Larry is the guy that got that that got uh, that got hurt. So we call in a third person. We call in Shemp. Okay, we call Shemp in in order to be our. Um, and he's not he's not Mo's brother in this case. Even though, even though in reality he was. So let's say Shemp, we call Shemp in and we call him in in order to be the person to decide. Has Shemp ever had a hot poker burning before to know? In other words, um, Larry felt it. Larry felt that poker on his body. Anything you're going to ask that third person, it must be something he's also experienced before. Otherwise, he doesn't have a frame of reference. So you got to find somebody who probably has had this happen to him. And, and you say, hey, you were burnt before. Remember how bad it felt? Yeah, I sure do. Okay. Uh, how much would you have asked if it had to happen, if somebody wanted to do it for you, to do it to you? How much money would you have asked? So that's also necessary in this case. Okay? Now let's go to Ripui. Ripui. Mo hits Larry. Larry needs medicinal attention. Mo needs to heal him. Now, that statement, although it sounds simple, is, is actually analyzed by the Achronim, and this is a very famous discussion. What is this responsibility to heal someone? Is it a financial responsibility? Or is it a basic, that, that is in terms of the dollars, in terms of the currency, the amount that we come up with? Is it another amount of money that you owe? In, in, in yeshivish, in Lundus, we'd say, is it a chiyuv mamon? Or is it a new chiyuv to heal the person? Which would mean you're responsible for restoring this person or, or not restoring, but taking care of the refua aspect. Now, the difference would be, of course, if you'd be able to do it uh, in, in a different way. Um, if, it, if it could be done cheaper, if it could be done, in a, right? It's the point is I can get you back, and, 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 but it's not that there's a money responsibility on me directly. It sounds from the Mishnah that that is the way I have to look at it. I am responsible for you. Now, remember, the word refua does not mean, although we always say refua shalema, does not necessarily mean he's going to be back where he was before. In all of, in the cases, for example, here uh, of, of, of the eye being out, and the leg being broken. The refua might just mean what it takes to be functional and not be in bed and not be taking um, pain medication in order to be able to just subsist. That might be what the idea of refua is. We're not talking about what it costs to bring him back to where he was. He might not ever be to come back. 
Otherwise, again, and this is really a, a big issue, let's say a person's going to need therapy his whole life. Again, the, the leg is, is shattered to a way that he's going to need therapy and he's going to have to have a person come in. Can that, is that going to, is, is the therapy cost, is that, does the, is, is the halacha, the Torah, the Mishnah mean that you're going to pay for that? Uh, he need, he's going to need therapy for the rest of his life in order to be able to have any sense of walking properly. So do those therapy sessions are now the responsibility of, uh, of the guy that hurt you? Um, again, I'm not talking about in terms of the legal, in terms of the way we look at things in, in the American or international legal system. Question is that what, is that what the Torah means when it says chayv or aposo? Uh, or is, does refua? I mean, you, you look at the word refua. What does the word refua mean? Sheila, you want to give us a, a sense, or David, what does refua mean? What's the shorish of the the word refua? What do you think the shorish is? And any guesses on your point, or, or is it too dangerous because you're driving? Um, okay, I'm assuming it's too dangerous. Uh, <laughs> the shorish of the word refua is rafa, which is soft. Like there's something that's called like rafu yedeim in Torah. You know that lashon chazal by refidim. Rafu is sort of like uh, it's used by Moshe Rabbeinu as well that. Rafu is Yodav is Rofafu. Rafu and Rafua is that it's soft. It's not as tough as it was. We talk about the, the Malocha of Choresh on Shabbos, you might remember. So the, the idea of being Choresh and the Tolda of Choresh is being Marapa the Ara. Remember that? Being Marapa the Ara, the land. The land becomes softer and able to accept the seed. That's what ripui means. Uh, so ripui is is the idea of it's not as difficult as it was. It's now been calmed. It's now softer than it was. That's the idea of refua. It's not as intense and blaring, but it's not healing. It's not refua. Oh, now you're back where you were. You've gotten a refua. You get a refua even if it's called refua, even though he don't look anything like he did before, but. He's not in the same pain. He's not in bed. He's able to walk. That's what refuah is. Okay? Now, the Mishnah now says, Olabo Simochim. Now, you already know this because I, I dealt with it on Sunday. Rashi gives us the old French word, malant. Again, I don't have my Oitzer uh, Laz. I have it behind me here. I can go look it up. But it is a term that I think comes up frequently. And you can see I have here on this Gemara, uh, you're not looking and you shouldn't be looking if you're driving, but we have the lows of Rashi, Pitsayim. Why Rashi needed a French term, I don't know uh, if that's all it is, because a Petsa is a wound. I think that the people got it wrong here. I think Rashi is talking about, Tzemach means something that grows. The reader is confused. What do you mean? Something grew? Like a tzemach? Something that grows? So we're talking about uh, the, the signs of infection. We're talking about like pustules and things that are on the wound that weren't there before, that are the indicator of, 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 of a infection and the disease, the way we would say it. And, you know, this is um, 
you know, this is what they talk about when they talk about, uh, you know, avuvot, you know, that's the term of boils. It looks like little bubbles. And that's what the, even the word bubonic, you know, we talk about the bubonic plague, it comes from the word bobos, which are these these boils that, that appear on the skin. So that's what we're talking about with these tzemachim. Um, so it's not just the wound there. There's, what's that? There's things that have, that, that have arisen on it. Okay, now that's going to need more salves. That's going to need, that, that hurts a lot more. That's going to, that now is a, how do we look at that? So the Mishnah says, we determine, im machmas hamake chayev. Is it a result of the wound? Is a result of the hit? Is a result of what Mo did? It wasn't there then when the wound start when 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 we looked at the hit right away. But if we can determine it's because of that, so Mo has to pay. Even though it's where the wound is, but it's not because of the hitter. Or of the wound itself. Now, this is strange because obviously, had, had Mo not hit Larry, you wouldn't have anything there at all. So the Gemara is going to deal with this based on a brisa. But even if we look at the Mishnah, you know, you have to say, what do you mean? It's not because of the wound. It's by the wound. That's where you're seeing the infection. So we're going to see in the Gemara. The Gemara is going to try to explain what the difference between these two are. It makes sense on a logical perspective to say that Mo is responsible for anything that's a direct result of his attack. Yet this is occurring where the attack happened. The Mishnah now gets even more interesting in terms of Rafua. Let's take a look. Choisa Venistera. Choisa Venistera. You have a double language there. This is not a typo. The fact that it's written twice means that it occurred and reoccurred. What occurred and reoccurred? What happened? So let's take at the word. Let's look at the word choisa, ches yud yud tafei. What is the shorish of that? I don't know if you can answer, but you know what the shorish is, right? The shorish is chai, choisa, chai, alive healthy. People that are barely hanging on, we know that's not called real life. That doesn't mean you chas v'shalom don't, uh, of course, try to protect that. When we talk about chayim, like we have, for example, by the ir miklot, we say that a person goes to ir miklot v'choy, and he lives, of course. So chazal say, give him things that make him feel alive. And we talk about his rebbe having to go there and other things, Right? We, we talk about um, not lending money and interest. And the Pasuk says, He has to live with you. So living isn't just surviving. It's a sense of wholeness. Right? That's what it is. A sense of, of, of living in, a, in, in, a, in an elevated fashion. That's what alive is. Okay. So he's alive. Right? Meaning the wound looks healthy. Look, it looks great. And then what happens? Venistera, from the word soter, 
So tear, of course, means to contradict or to break down. Meaning it's, oh, it was healthy. Now look at it two days later. Oh, boy, it doesn't look healthy anymore. It looks like that skin is, new skin has felt formed there, hasn't it? Uh-oh, nistera. Chaysa, nistera. So what do we say? Chayiv liraposa. So Mo cannot say, look, it was healed. I'm not responsible for that stuff anymore. I know you are. But it was better. Yeah, but look, it got bad. So therefore, Mo still is responsible, even though now there's new medical costs because it's 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 devolved. Now the Mishnah says, Chaysa called Sarka. Hmm. Chaysa called Sarka. Meaning it was more than just, oh, that's a good piece of uh, flesh that is formed on it. But it's actually, um, it's actually uh, perfect. If that occurs, then we sign off on it. Then we say, Mo, you're no longer responsible. So now we understand the earlier part of the Mishnah, when it says Chaysev and Istra, it doesn't mean a complete healing. It means it looks much, much better. I can see some new skin beginning to form. But it was never complete. If it was complete, now any damage, we don't know how it occurred, we're not going to blame Mo anymore, even though it's in that same area, it's actually the same place where Mo attacked it. There, he's off the hook. Okay? So the mission has given us two related examples of the complexity of paying for a person's medicinal or, or, or health costs. One of them is the case of infection, and that needs to be indicated that it was a, a cause that was caused by the maka, by the wound. And the other one is when something happens in that same spot. And we have to, again, we err on the side of caution here, But look how much we are giving to the victim. We give a tremendous amount to the victim in that case. Um, So that is is Ripui. Let's just finish off the Mishnah here. Sheves. Okay, so we know Sheves. We know what the term comes from. Comes from idea of Shavisa, that you're no you're not doing like on Shabbos, you're no longer involved in activity. Roanoso Kiiluhu Shomer Kishuin. Now this is uh, this is, seems to be strange on the on the surface. Let's look at Larry as as if Larry is not a uh, a diamond cutter. He's not uh, a, a physical trainer, whatever job he had. What is he? We look at him as if he is a guy who guards the cucumbers from the crows or whatever else uh, might be running around here. A guy who walks around and Maybe the crows or the the human crows who are, who knows, the people are coming and grabbing stuff or animals. And he walks around the perimeter, you know, chasing whatever it is, screaming at the animals, whatever it is that he does. So that is a job that doesn't take so much 
a skill, uh, but it's definitely a job that you have to be able to walk. So that's what you say. What you say is, I'm going to give you not your unemployment based on what you were making, but the fact that you cannot be a Shomer Kishuim now. You cannot be a, uh, a, a garter of cucumbers. And you would pay him, as long as he can't be uh, ambulatory, you pay him, that's the amount you pay. Hmm. Doesn't sound right, does it? So the mission explains why. Mishnah says, Shekvar Nosen lo yodo. You already paid him what we call Nezek. You already paid the amount that his leg or eye or, or foot costs. You've already given him that. That was the slave market money. So he's already, you've already given him that amount. So, now remember, he might have had a job not as a slave. He wasn't a slave. He had a job as a diamond cutter. So this sounds to be, this doesn't sound correct. Let me restate what we just wrote, what we just read. This is a man who has his leg broken. He needs to be in a cast. He needs to be in whatever it is, in traction. He can't walk around. So you've already paid him the difference between a man with a healthy leg and a broken leg. So that payment, the Mishnah says, includes the, his potential money-making, whatever his job might have been. Now we take what we consider probably one of the lowest-paying jobs we can think of, and we say, look, we're still going to give you Sheves for that. Um and that does not sound correct, right? For the modern ears, right? It sounds a little bit like, what? You know, you, what you paid me, does that really take into uh, what I could have been earning my whole life? I was a diamond cutter. I was getting paid incredible amounts of money. I don't have my eye. I can't do that. That's a that was a, a three hundred thousand dollar a year job that and I I could have worked for the next ten years. This money at the slave market doesn't seem to be commensurate to that. You say I've already got paid for that. That's what the Mishnah seems to say. We've already paid you, so you're just going to get paid now, the amount that you could have, as as long as you were in bed, how much you could have earned, not for your whole life, how long, how much you could have earned as. The last three weeks, you have to be in bed for a month. That's what Shevis is. How much could a, uh, a gardener, uh, a gardener's assistant have made? That's, that's going to be your payment. So, um, again, it does sound, you know, I, I started today saying that our system was very liberal. And what I meant was, was liberal compared to the systems of the time. However, it doesn't sound so, it uh, doesn't ring so giving for the modern ear, at least not in this way. And the last one, we'll just end with this. There, it depends who is the mevayish, okay? Who's Mo? For example, if Mo wouldn't be a stooge, 
if Mo would be a prince, if Mo would be an aristocrat, his put downs mean a lot more, right? Um, you know, look, every, nobody takes Don Rickles so seriously. I mean, he was a nice Jewish guy, by the way. He had a lot of feeling for Yiddish guys. But you remember Don Rickles, um, Mr. Insult, Mr. Embarrassment. I'm going to embarrass you. Okay. Yeah, that's his job. Right? Maybe maybe you do take it because he's up there on the stage, but it's much different than if the, well, Trump I'm not going to talk about, but let's say in the days that, you know, John F. Kennedy, in the days of uh, presidents that were considered, although they you know might have been something more, and they insulted you, and they, oh, what an insult. Everyone's going to remember that forever. Uh, or an embarrassment, or something that they said. So that, you're going to if, 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 if you were that person, that person is, again, you were the embarrasser. The person you embarrassed feels it much more. But if you're not somebody that's such a, an important position, yeah, what was the big deal? Okay, so we, uh, now what was the embarrassment? The embarrassment was if anybody saw it, people saw him hit me. People saw me take a punch in the solar plexus from this guy. That's embarrassing to be weak. Embarrassing to be in a state of falling. It depends who hit you. So um, that's the way, that's one factor. And the other factor is, who are you? Are you a person that, are you a, a, a guy like a, a circus clown that's used to getting falling, that used to taking pratfalls? that's used to being this way, or what's your state in society? And therefore, if you're somebody whose state in society is people hit you and kick you around anyway, so such a person does not get that much money. You can see how, how, how very subjective this might be and how difficult it might be to figure out who this person is. So, um, all we've done is the Mishnah, but I think we realize this is a this is a very complex, and and, and there's a lot of things here which sound, of course, very very inexact. Um, our purpose here is not to do any judge to judge this system, but to understand what it is that we're reading, understand what it is that's happening. Uh, we have a right to be, you know, to to wonder. It's wrong to say I don't want to think anything about today. You are living in 2020. You need to look at this from where you're coming from. On the other hand, you can't, you, you need to have the openness to understand that things are different. I don't want any of my students to feel that, you know, uh, I, I've just got to accept that I can't ask any questions. You can ask questions. And you should see how different this is than what you know. Because if you think it's just replicating what you know, you're not learning it. And the fact that you can use your own sense of what's right, you can use that as a tool to distinguish what you're learning. Yeah, this is not the way I would have looked at it. Oh, we do things differently today. That's helping you. Don't let that squash what you're learning about. Use that as a a means of contrasting, because by contrasting, you're able to, to discern the contours of what it is that we are talking about. So I am not discouraging a person from uh, connecting it to what he knows. What I'm discouraging is 
but always keep that what your eye on the prize is what is it that we are studying about and what is it that we are what is it that we are that we that Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.